Friends, Stitcher Premium presents Culture Genius, a trivia game show hosted by the creators of the Black Joy Mixtape Podcast, Amber J. Phillips and Jazz Walker. I love them. Each week, Amber and Jazz recap some of the most iconic moments in black culture while quizzing their hilarious and talented contestants. Mm -hmm. They got categories like Black in the Day, Bus a Rhyme. Every show is a celebration of black excellence. You can listen, you can play along as contestants go hard to earn respect and the esteemed title of Culture Genius. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash culturegenius and use promo code HOMOPHILIA. Free month! You're back. I am back. What a whirlwind. Uh, so we got to tell people just right out the gate. Sure. It's a very exciting weekend. Yeah. Set your DVRs now. Please. Because in two days on Sunday night, mm-hmm. what's happening? Uh, I am appearing on Watch What Happens Live. <gasps> <gasps> I know. Not bartending for the first time. I'm stepping out from behind the wow. bar. That's right. I'm sitting in one of the chairs. Very excited. Okay. We'll cover this fully next week sure. after it has aired. Sure. But- can you tell us who you'll be sharing the stage with? Well, I can. It'll be me and from Married to Medicine, Dr. Simone. Oh, wow. Might get an appearance from uh, from husband Cecil. Heavy hitter. Yeah. I vaguely know who that is. Yeah. She's I great. Do Married to Medicine I actually really much. I like her a lot. Yeah. I've started doing Married to Medicine because of this show. Because it's your job. Because it's my job. But I also actually like it. It's really interesting. Yeah, I course. mean, they, they are, these, are, these are women going through real things who, like, have uh, achieved – they've, like, reached the pinnacle of success, and they'll also slice each other in half with their words. And the pre- original premise is that you're married to a doctor. That's You're either a doctor or married to a doctor, yeah. And in this case, she's both. That, no, she oh, is no. a doctor. She's married to an IT guy. Got it. Named Cecil. They had some problems last season. They're working it out. Thank They're going God. to uh, – he'll be in the audience. She'll be – She'll be in the chair behind the bar, former homophilia uh, participant. I couldn't just think of the word for guest <laughs> what is in that moment just there. Yeah. Um, Rory O'Malley. Rory. Oh, I love. Did he so, sing? Um, a little. Thank God. A little. Thank God. So, we're, so it has been pre-taped. I'm not going to say what happened, but it was a lot of fun. Usually it is live, but this particular one was pre-taped. You'll be watch, watching what happened live. Watching what happened and pretending it's live, which they do sometimes. Listen, TV. And this is, of course, uh, part of your promo tour for yes, Play by Play. for which Play by Play. And we haven't even really talked about it. No, I before. guess we haven't. Yeah. Uh, so that started. Episode one happened uh, this last Monday. Uh, episode two is my favorite. It comes out Monday night at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Um, I'll be watching. Cool. Please do. Uh, we have a special one. guest that I can't talk about. Ooh, baby, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Episode one was so great. Oh, thanks. And it's a lot of fun to do. Y- you looked great. Thanks. Your hair really took center stage. Oh, good. Thank it you. It was just really great to see it Thank you. there on TV where it belongs. Thank you very you know? much. I appreciate that. And it's it's like, it's just an all-star cast. I love Jerry O'Connell. He's so fantastic. Uh, Michael Yeo is awesome. Yeah. Brendan Schaub is terrifying, but so nice and so funny. Andy Cohen and was Andy Cohen. very horny for him. Andy's a he horny was. person in general, I feel. Well, you know, he's not afraid to put it front and center, yeah. which I like. Yeah. I really like that. Um, what you did not see. Here we go. Here's a little, a little behind the scenes. Give it to me. So Brendan Schaub, in the manner of 
professional fighters Mm -hmm. has a pair of cauliflower ears. So like if you get pounded oh yeah or or groped you know around the head uh-huh. enough you smash the ear and the blood vessels in the ear uh explode yeah and so the the tops of the ears begin begin to look like cauliflower florets oh the tops of the ears the so tops it's not of the ears. like the eardrum within no it's the, oh. no it's it's the top part it gets kind of blown out yeah and uh and so it's called cauliflower ear and it's weird and his are pronounced um, but he makes no, you know, attempt to hide them. He hasn't like grown his hair to cover them or anything uh-huh. like that. But it's like, you know, he's a big dude and it's, I don't know if it's a thing that he's self-conscious about or not, but, uh, but they were there and you can't help but notice them. And I was like, okay. And it was a thing that I was thinking about, but not talking about and whatever. And so we shot our first, uh, the first segment for the first episode and he was sitting right next to me and didn't say anything. And then they put in another chair during the break and Andy Cohen comes in. And before the camera start, he turns to Brendan and he goes, whoa, look at your ear. Oh, Jesus. And he's like, can I touch it? Like fully gets involved in the cauliflower ear. And he wasn't sensitive about it. He was not at all. Get in there. Yeah. So wow. he touched it and felt it. It's like, ooh, this is weird. I so there you can't go. Bl- I can't believe I didn't notice. Yeah, there's Andy but Cohen I'm for you. notice it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. It is out in the world, I'm, and I'm really happy about it. So I got to run around and, uh, and talk to folks about it in, in New York, and now I'm back. It's so much fun. I'm Thanks. excited to see episode two. Thank you. Hey, in the meantime, can we – I mean, listen, I love preps. I love preppy people. Oh, that's right. The, the last few days, the Brett Kavanaugh testimony is is testing that. That's a preppy person that, that I'd is, like to fucking tear limb by limb. When yeah. I tell you I have uh, yeah. so much uh, violent rage mm-hmm. toward that motherfucker. Yeah. Not a great showing. <sighs> not a great showing. Not like – not the world's – by the time this drops, I guess we'll know whether he's been confirmed or not, right? Because the, yeah. the, it could still – This will be voting day, I think. The vote right? could still happen, yeah, yeah, on the day. So – Anyway, uh, I love preppy people. I love uh, real estate. Put them together. What do you have? You get the preppy realtor. Oh, my God. You mean the gentleman who sent us these amazing gifts? Yes, David Jablonowski. David David Jablonowski himself. He is on um, uh, Instagram as preppy realtor or the preppy realtor. I'm not sure. Um, But he sent uh, uh, L.L. Bean canvas beach totes. Yep. One for Faye, one for Finn. Monogrammed. Mono, like, yeah, monogrammed. Faye's is like, it's it's very, um, it's very uh, Westchester County kind of a kind of a font. Well, the crazy thing is this is the exact bag Michael and I have matching. I mean, I don't know that it gets any gayer. Michael and I have matching this exact color, yeah. the larger, you know, uh-huh. size. Like per- uh, person size. Yeah, with our initials on it. And, and I now, have one that says Faye. I got one that says Faye. I got one in, uh, in like a nice deep green with, uh, with Finn spelled out in like collegiate letters. It, it, he it's really nailed fancy. it. I'm, I, thank you so much, I'm David. genuinely Jeff touched. Nowski. Thank you, David. Should I ever decide to uh, buy real estate in Chicago, and I'm not ruling it out, Yeah, I'll go with the preppy realtor. How was your week? Oh God, I, 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 I'm in such a dark place. I, let's just move on to the show. Okay. Because, um, yeah. We, yeah. We uh, we've had we have a lot going on. Yeah. We, uh, you've been traveling. Uh-huh. Um, we have. Oh, the other thing we should mention is this Sunday. Yes. You're in L. A. Yes. We will be at the Outlier Podcast. Um, festival. Festival. Which Outlier I don't Podcast know. Festival. 
Where is it? It's in West LA. West LA. And West LA. our show is Sunday at two thirty, but they're doing a bunch of panels and stuff. If you're interested in like in podcasting, yeah. uh, from either side of the mic, seems like a there's good a fest. lot of good stuff going. And we will be there Sunday. We'll be interviewing Henry Goldblatt, who's the editor in chief of Entertainment Weekly. Yes. Um, freshly, uh, freshly in Angelino. They've just yeah. moved. They, they just moved uh, operations out here. I'm excited to uh, talk to them. Um, so come out and see us mm-hmm. if you happen to be in LA on Sunday. Yeah, please do. And in the meantime, we're digging back into the archives yes. for this episode. Time got away. We were going to put it out and then uh, things happen. Life happens. Yeah, we just started tripping over our balls. I don't know yeah. what happened, but it's it's worth the wait. We Absolutely. will be we will be talking about some current event stuff uh, that is dated. Yeah, it'll be a little okay. retro. Retro's fun, but right? uh, he is a delight. Yeah, he's great. He is uh, currently, I think, on Aaron Gibson's book tour with her. Yeah, um, helping to promote that, and he's and the founder of PostShame.org. Yeah, so that's why we're not ashamed. About um, forgetting to put this out for six months. That's <laughs> right. He, of all the people to understand, mm-hmm. um, Adam McLean. Enjoy. We're back with Adam McLean, Hi. as in Shirley, not, as in, not McLean, as in I don't Mr. Know. Clean. Mr. Mr. Clean. Yeah. No, um, but no, I like a Shirley McLean um, comparison. I'll sure. take it. Spelled differently, but. Spiritually, exactly, the same. and we're I, all one. Um, I, you know, some of us have Google alerts set up on our names, and um, I always get these alerts that are like "farmer in Scotland." Yeah, <laughs> like opens new part of their farm, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." <laughs> That's nice. That's relaxing. We were just talking off air about like the allure of going back to school and. <sighs> You've pretty much convinced me that that's what I need to do with my life. Oh, really? All, all right now? Yeah. Okay, well, take this podcast on the road, go to Harvard, give a talk, and then behind the scenes, they're going to try to talk you into going there. And they do a great job of selling it because <laughs> everyone's like, hey, you seem smart. We're smart. Do you want to be in our smart club? And then you're like, mm, how much does it cost? Kinda. Yeah. All I have to do is take the GREs, right? I don't feel that there's a program that's right for me. Although I do wish, you know, you Brian Moylan. It. Brian Moylan calls himself the founder of the Real Housewives Institute, mm. and I think that that should actually be a study program. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I could get behind. Yeah, but you would not need to do any study at all academically. No, yeah. You Truthfully, would. I'm already living that grad school. Yes, you. 100%. I guess I don't need to go back to grad school. Yeah, figure that out. But are we kind of trying to dream into existence a world where you get to audit a class at a major institution that's called, you know, like that education of the Real Housewives or something, and you're you're raising your hand every class in the yeah, back row. Yeah, I'm the star student, uh-huh. and the and Brian like, Moylan is teaching it. You. The yeah, campus yeah. is in a strip mall, <laughs> of course. Right? Uh huh. There's a pink berry on one side. Yeah. Yep. Yes. There's a poke shop on the other. We get to occasionally take a class trip to a taping. Oh, you know, at Pump. I mean. What a life. Oh. Are you a Real Housewives person, Adam McClain? I'm not. The I'm not only either. TV that I'm really into is RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. And like rewatch and rewatch, you know, by yeah. the episodes. Yeah. You know, you get to watch it at a bar. That's one experience. Then watch it at home. That's another experience. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then watch it a week later when you're like, I need to really memorize all the <laughs> hand movements of Miss Vangie. Yeah. Miss Vangie. Vangie is <laughs> oh. so good. I'm behind, but she really she really struck a chord in the Oh, first she has episode. my heart for sure. Um, how did you feel coming out of the last season of All Stars? How did that all shake out for you? 
You guys are so generous to like give this time and space because this needs to be discussed. Okay, um, let's get into it. I mean, I love Trixie. I think about Trixie like I desire content from Trixie, uh-huh. but it really was Shangela's season, was. and and I, I I feel like I could stand in front of Trixie and say that with a straight face and be like, I love you. I I desire your yeah. your contributions to the world, mm-hmm. but. That show didn't really feel good for the fans. And I don't think she would disagree. I don't think she would. But God, you know, she's got a hard line to toe. She's like, well, I'm part of this family and this business now. So this is my crown. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Uh, And truly, I mean, aside from the cash prize and the year of free makeup, which, by the way, she on Twitter was like, I think Anastasia just realized how much a year (laughs) of supply of makeup. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's it's kind of meaningless. They're all booked up for the next like ten years of their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not if they're lucky. I th- I think even the even the not great ones are busy. You know, when you are busy, aside from what you may or may not have won from winning, how much money are you making in a year on those tours, the appearances? I think you guys should get a cross really section. You should get a girl from every season and talk about their like taxes and yeah. like who I they get to get like help there. them do that. They should. And part of um, the project I'm working on, Post Shame, uh, there's a whole section about coming out about when you've been bad with money in your past. Oh, and really? I think it would be really fascinating to see people like that that are essentially performers, mm-hmm. artists, but have really unique tax burdens yeah. and really unique travel schedules. And should they make themselves into a corporation? You know, yeah. House of Gaga, you know, she was so ahead of it where she was like, "Ooh, I know exactly how to do this. You know, she, she I feel like she, I feel like Lady Gaga employs like 300 people. Oh, that's that's yeah. a house. That's a yeah, that's a warehouse of Gaga. A warehouse. <laughs> Wait, so let's talk about Post Shame. Walk Adjust. us through that from the beginning. So, uh, I'm the founder of postshame.org, which is a resource page for the post shame movement, hashtag #postshame. And it's an opportunity for people to find something in their past that they worry would leak online. They leak it on their own. And when they do so, they share a story of strength and leadership with their constituents and fans. Uh So it's intended to get people to do some opposition research on themselves and then run for office. Mm. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've been a little disappointed in the candidates we've had over the past few years. And I feel Uh like the only people who are afforded opportunities for any kind of like flaws or um, shamelessness are straight white men who can like get away with anything. And – Going into 2018 and 2020, I was thinking really, really hard about, you know, how do we get more queer folks, people of color, um, women running for office? And, you know, I think a lot of people would be encouraged if they could get the skeletons out of their closet, come clean, be Mm -hmm. more authentic leaders, and then uh, lead from that place of strength. Right. So I started to put this all together, and so many people were like, yes, we can't wait to see who uses this and where it goes. And I'm like, okay, who's going to run? And right now I'm in the, like, get the word out phase where I'm like, what candidates are going to use it? You know, have have a moment. So I – uh, wrote a bunch of essays. The first one was what to do when you find naked photos of yourself on the internet. Uh, that went viral, so to speak. And, and sorry, um, was that because you had naked photos on the yes. internet? Yes. So it's about me having um, two different experiences. And you, you're, this podcast is so perfectly suited to this to talk about the way that technology and dating apps and the sharing of naked photos of ourselves, like, does that exclude you from being in public office? Those yeah. things will get hacked. All of your nudes will leak if you are running for office. Uh-huh. Yeah. So whoever's president in 20 years, they will have been a millennial. Yeah. And 
you're going to be able to find naked photos of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I feel we have to start that conversation now. And um, maybe I'll be that first candidate. Who knows? So what was your experience finding naked photos of yourself on the internet? Um, So there's two sets. Um, There's an artist called Sean Fader. And he was doing a project where he would message guys on dating apps like Grindr. This was when Grindr first came out. And he would say, hey, um, you know, you're good looking. You seem cool. Um, I'm going to come over to your house. I'm going to take a photo of you based on the way I perceive you from your dating profile and our chat. And then we'll have a date. Let's see how it goes. And then I want to take a second photo of you maybe the next morning, (laughs) you know, if there's a sleepover or at a different date that's the real you. And I got this message and was like, this is so cool. Like, I want to do this. Like, this is exploring the way we present ourselves in these online avatars and then how we are in the real world. And uh, in this conversation with Sean, I sent my first dick pic ever. So when he came over to my apartment and I was like so excited to meet him and do this, he was like, let's take a photo where you're taking the dick pic you sent. Wow. So in that photo, you can see my erect penis and it's part of the art project. And then the second photo, because we did have a sleepover, the photo the next morning is me like sitting on the side of my mattress on the floor after just having moved into an apartment. And I'm like looking up while my phone is charging on the cord and he catches my eyes and he just snaps the photo and he's like, okay, it was great meeting you. Bye. And then two years later, I see this art exhibit, and I was like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing, but very real. And absolutely what happened, like, that's what my 28-year-old self was dealing with, was, like, I'm I'm sexy and want to, like, connect with people. And then the next morning being like, are you kidding me? Like, I made a huge (laughs) life-changing mistake. Yeah, that's called the gay experience, Uh, basically. Exactly. As I've lived it. And so many people have had this experience, but no one in public life is really talking about – Amongst gay folks, we don't see any shame in, oh, you know, yeah, I've sent naked photos. Oh, I've sent naked photos. Everyone's chill with it. But then you go, let's say, to a campaign fundraiser in Buffalo where I grew up, and that conversation is going to play out very differently. Yeah. And they're like, Adam, this looks so slutty and and weird. And and what do you mean gay people send all these naked photos? And I'm like, hold on. A lot of straight folks under 40 are sending naked photos as well on dating apps. So um, it is a way we connect. And then research shows that um, younger kids in middle school is a way of like cultivating closeness. They're all soliciting naked photos from each other and kind of keeping these little vaults on each other. And then sometimes they leak on Facebook and then they, you know, kind of online bully and shame people, you know, who have sent them. And oftentimes girls send them before boys do. And yeah. So there's all these implications of uh, the way uh, technology has affected dating and the way we relate to each other that I think are worth exploring in a post-shame context. And then the second set of photos was um, me at um, – do you guys – do you remember the Miss Shapes parties in yeah. New York? Yeah. Oh, what, like, the mis- what, the what? This is like before social media really happened. So there were this DJ trio called the Miss Shapes and they had this party at Don Hills and mm-hmm. it was in the and basement. Oh, never smile. Never. They, they would never, never smile. smile. Mm. They were just fashionable and cool and they had like great – you know, they had great hair. Yeah. And, uh, and they would just – they would be these like fashion weirdos who would have these like art and, you know, music parties. Yeah. And then like the cobra snake or whatever exactly. would come and, and take photos. And the cobra photos. snake is who took these photos. Yeah. So I'm down in the basement. Um, I'm like clearly drunk out of my mind, probably coked up, just looking so like um, like heroin chic, like, you yeah. know, against a white wall, just like like so skinny. And like you're like, oh, it is definitely 3.55 a.m. In, uh-huh. in this photo. <laughs> and then there's like the photos just get weirder and weirder and I'm naked in them, you know, naked in this basement. 
So I found them on the Misshapes website years later and got in touch with them. And in the essay, I explained that I asked Sean and the Misshapes to take these photos down. So I'm not famous. Yeah. So, you know, over a year or so, they were taken down. You couldn't really find them on the internet. And then um, stories like Anne Hathaway having her upskirt photos published when she was doing all that um, – press for Les Mis, and then Jennifer Lawrence's iCloud hack happened. And I was like, there are so many instances where naked photos are leaked online, and we haven't wrestled with the consent issues of, like, it's so wrong to look at Jennifer Lawrence's iCloud hacked images. But millions of people have, and you could be, as Jennifer Lawrence describes it, you could be outdoors at a barbecue and someone could say, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, I saw her naked. And you just Google it, pull it up on your phone. Uh-huh. And so now she's naked at your barbecue. And she's like, I'm not OK with that. That's yeah. such a violation. So um, I wrote this essay, put the photos back up on postshame.org so that if I were to ever run for office, they are completely disarmed. There's no way that anyone else can leak them against me. Them against mm-hmm. you, yeah. And um, I'm not saying that everyone has to put their nudes online. I don't think that that's the solution. But if people are even thinking about running for office, thinking about being a leader in their community, they have to kind of do a self-examination of their past and figure out a way to be a leader from those experiences. And I don't think that those naked photos make me any less valuable of a leader and an advocate, but it's something that we should start talking about now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it does feel like we're at a place where the we like the, 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 the mainstream culture will allow, you know, queer people to run for office at a certain level, mm-hmm. but we prefer them to be desexualized exactly. and as heteronormative as possible mm-hmm. and as neutered as possible. And yeah, something like some you know, old dick pics from Grindr could could really um, could really shake it up. That apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is it limited to people who want to run for office? No, but it, that was just kind of like the entry point to right. say um, if you were ever thinking about running for office, you could use this tool to run. Um, you could also do it about – it's usually sex, drugs, or money that unwind political candidates. So you could also do it about uh, sex. You could do it about purchasing sex work and how you then want to advocate for sex worker protections or sex worker unionization. Um, being bad with money. I want more candidates who have been bad with money. Hmm. Um you know, thinking that we can only have millionaires and billionaires in public office because they can afford to run their campaigns and they can afford to get paid a small amount of money to be a city councilman. Right. It's like, no, like yeah, make yeah, that yeah. a living wage, like up that salary for that person and, you know, have someone who had a kind of a crummy life. Yeah. You know, they might be able to manage a budget a little bit better because they've known what it was. Like, I want someone who's been on food stamps to be running the food stamp program. Right. Like, yeah. That's how that, sh- that should work. Uh, and then with drugs, once you admit to past drug use, you kind of credentialize yourself uh, in the space of drug advocates to say, these are the drugs I've done. These are the drugs I would do again. And these are the drugs I want decriminalized. Or, um, you know, maybe someone who's had a drug conviction to mm-hmm. say, this was my experience with that. Um, I paid my time. You've made it extremely difficult for me to reenter society, but now I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'd like to run for office. You know, you could have post-shame moments with that yeah. as well. And these things are empowering for people also. You know, absolutely. If you're if you're carrying these things around as secrets, that is that will sap your energy mm. and make you feel shitty about yourself. Totally. If you can put it out into the world and you know engage with other people and t- you know use it as a tool for conversation and connection, that's 
That's and a that connection move. happens when you dissolve shame for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I um, was saying off air that, you know, now that I'm kind of advocating for this and telling my story over and over again, then it gives people permission and they're like, hey, I have something to tell you about my dick pics or, oh, I have a sex tape that I'm afraid that this person will leak. And I get emails from people who've gone to great lengths to anonymize who they are and they're like – um, thank you so much. You've dissolved my shame. I don't know if I will ever release my photos, but you've given me a way to deal with it if I ever wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, who wouldn't want to keep hustling on that mission mm-hmm. knowing that yeah. that's a way to connect with people? I guess I'm lucky that I most of my slutty days were pre-apps. Yeah. Exactly. I just was, you know, yeah. the old-fashioned way, meeting and undesirable. Yeah, uh, at you know uh, the Abbey or one of those janky places across the street. And yeah, waking up filled with shame. Sure, but it was not documented. Yeah, good. Yeah, and then once you know cams and things started to happen, I think I'm fortunate that I hate my body. You know <laughs> what I mean? That helps. I'm that just helps. that helps. Done that? Yes. Yeah. What a, what a lucky break that turned out to <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> I don't know. My, my post shames would be like the times that I tried to do stand up, like the, mm. <laughs> hoping to God mm-hmm. nobody ever filmed those. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, God, I don't know. But imagine the 20 year old now who's, you know, at NYU and is just, I mean, and I'm not on the dating apps now, but when I was, you know, you, you get messages from people where, as Wilson Cruz said on your guys' podcast, don't say hi with your asshole. Yes. Like, I am getting hello with asshole all the time. And I'm like, yeah. Ugh. yeah. I mean, thanks, but oh my God, I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break. Yes. <laughs> and we will return with more Adam McLean. Guys, Robin, keep doing it. I keep doing it, Matt. No, I keep doing it. No, I'm the problem. No, you're not, Matt. I'm not right since London. I, oh, Dave. Yeah, no, do it. Robinhood. Yes, Robinhood. What is that? It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission. Oh, I've been wanting to get into cryptos. It's just so I can time. say to people, I'm into cryptos. And just see what happens. Well, Robinhood. Well, there it is. With a simple and intuitive design that presents data in an easy-to-digest way, it is a non-intimidating way for stock market newbies to invest for the first time with true confidence. They let you discover new stocks, and they track uh, favorite companies with a personalized news feed. Mm-hmm. That probably takes like – I'm going to say like a thousand taps on your smartphone. Who wants to tap, tap, tap? But that's probably about right, right? I mean, yeah. like this is all very complicated stuff. Yeah. You just go and like tap, tap, tap for out. Oh, wait, no. I'm looking at the thing. It only takes four taps on your smartphone to place a trade? And unlike other possible? brokerages, there's no commissions fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. I don't believe this. This is too good to be true. Uh, Robinhood strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple or Ford or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. You just sign up at homophilia.robinhood.com. That's homophilia.robinhood.com. Do, 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 do. <gasps> was that a fanfare? That was fanfare. That was a um, an orchestra. Of trumpets or trombones. That must have been to uh, announce the introduction of Audible Originals. That's correct. 
which is a new member benefit here. That's fun. They are exclusive audio titles created by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Those are diverse worlds. Every month, Audible members get one credit for any audiobook plus two Audible originals from a changing selection that you can't get anywhere else. Ooh, I want some audio fitness and health workouts created exclusively by Audible. Well, I get access to them, by the way. They've got you. They've got all that and more. They've also got books like Party of One by Dave Holmes. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Maybe the, uh, the Guy Branham book? Oh, yeah. Maybe the uh, the Aaron Gibson book? Maybe the Richard Lawson book. Maybe the Richard Lawson All book. the Maybe greats. Adam Kate and Holland book? Yes. Yeah, listening with Audible lets you get more books in your life because with the free Audible app, you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, while commuting, while doing chores, while doing dishes, while uh, doing the thing where you get the leaves out of the, the thing. You got to do that. Uh, while you're uh, raking leaves. That's a thing you do, too. While you're blowing leaves around with a leaf blower. Yeah. Anything leaf-related that is in. Inside or outside, you can do it and listen to books on Audible. And here's what you do. You get your first audiobook free. Wow. You choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals. Mm-hmm. When you try Audible for 30 days, and to do that, go to audible.com slash homo or text homo to 500-500. That is audible.com slash homo or text homo to 500-500. Pretty litter. Meow. Yep. That's what you'll be saying when you open a box of pretty litter. Here's the deal. If you've ever thought about getting a cat, but you just cannot do the litter box thing. No, it's disgusting. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, you got to check out Pretty Litter. It's Cat Litter 2.0. And it comes shipped right to your door in a small, lightweight bag that lasts the entire month. We got one right here in the office. It's cute as can be. I uh, am going to give it to my friend and cat lady, Irene White from Superstore. Congratulations, Irene. Congratulations, Irene. Uh, we will tell you how she feels about Pretty Litter very soon. I'm tempted to take the cat that's always in our front yard and adopt it just so I have an excuse to use. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Pretty Litter. Because it will mean no inconvenient trips to the pet store, no cramming oversized bags of litter in the closet. And it has next-level odor protection. It doesn't use clay or compost that will clump and is impossible to clean up. This is all sounds disgusting, by the way, like for real. Yeah. Pretty Litter has super-absorbent crystals. Who doesn't love crystals mm. for healing? <laughs> Plus, they trap and conceal odor and moisture. No smell, no mess, no grossness. And the coolest thing about it is that Pretty Litter monitors your cat's health. It's like a mood ring exactly. for their piss. So it changes colors. So it, it can detect underlying illnesses before urgent medical care is needed, which yeah. saves you money and stress and potentially uh, your cat's life. Yeah. One of nine of them. Uh-huh. But you want to save all nine. That's exactly right. They don't grow on trees, cat lives. Try Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and using the promo code HOMOPHILIA. You get 20% off that first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code HOMOPHILIA for 20% off. Prettylitter.com, promo code HOMOPHILIA. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Hello again. I'm greeting each other, not with our assholes, no. but with our <laughs> hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. But none of us are wearing shirts. That's, that's true. That's, absolutely but that's true. how we do things at Homophilia. <laughs> that's, cult, that's gay culture, friends. That's right. That's, and that's Even what we if do. you do hate mm-hmm. your body. Yep. If you're it. in a Fire yeah, Island yeah. house, your shirt is off, a handkerchief is tied around your neck, and you are here to play. That's right. I'm sorry to sideline us a little bit, but did you see that um, one of the guys from Fire Island has 
gone into porn and he has a um, film called mm-hmm. Fire Island Fuckboy. Fire mm-hmm. Island Fuckboy. Yeah. He's the okay. one we've talked about probably the most. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've talked about that show way too much. I've never seen a frame. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's it, the guy with a little there tiny wanna... man bun. It almost looked like a little yep. like a little cell phone antenna. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that I guess does exist out in the world. Yeah. I forget his name. He's uh, Jeffrey's Jeffrey's ex. ex. Yes, <laughs> that guy. Um, I'm just sitting here quietly being like, I'm like, there's so much triangulation in our gay pop culture world. And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, we all know who that is. Uh-huh. Anyway, let's talk about your Fire Island fuckboys. Woohoo! Yeah. What? Yeah, um, oh, God, talk about post-shame. I mean, there's also running for – considering running for office, I really, really think hard about like – well, I've done a lot of weird stuff on Fire Island, and some of it's been captured on video. Hmm. What, what's the weirdest thing you've done on Fire Island? <laughs> Let's get it out there. We're post-shame. <laughs> okay, this is a bit I did, and I'm sure it's, it's like, captured on video. But, you know, you know, after dinner at back at the house, you know, everyone's kind of hanging out. And somehow we were all talking about the face ID on the iPhone 10 and, like, the fingerprint recognition on the iPhone 7 and 8 and all this. And I was like, oh, well, my iPhone's super secure. Um, you know, I used – I didn't use a fingerprint on the print ID. I uh-huh. used my asshole. Uh-huh. So, you know, like, the whole bit, the whole night is everyone, like, taking their phones and, like, you know, like, being like, hold on, I have to unlock my phone by trying to get that little, like, circle right on your butt. Uh Um, Yeah, exactly. Kiss it. And, um, you know, it was really funny that night. It's sounding less funny right now, but you can picture me on a couch, you know, uh kind of, like, really, you know, taking this to the nth degree. You you launched into that as though it were ages ago. Like, oh, here's the thing from my past. (laughs) Face ID has been around for 11 weeks. Maybe that was last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Season, sounds like. Yeah. Um... And so, okay, well, what's your what's your current relationship status? I am single and ready to mingle. Okay. I'm, I'm in that, like, um, uh, I feel like I've been divorced twice. Like, I've mm. been in some long-term relationships, where, you know, living with people, you know, some combined finances, you know, really, really giving it, giving it a shot. Yeah. Um, and I remember after I broke up with that second very, very significant relationship, my mom said, oh, another one bites the dust. Oh. And I'm like, wait, time out. No, these are accomplishments. Like, being in long-term relationships where you, like, learn and grow, like, these are great things to have under your belt. So mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like I'm um, – I'm I'm like single, but like oh no, I've seen it all. You know, yeah. like I'm a I'm a good boyfriend. I know how to be a good boyfriend. So and these these have all been learning experiences, not totally. failures. No, and I'm friends with I'm friends with all my exes, and I'm I'm very lucky to. I was recently at um uh, one of my Uber exes. Uh, which I guess now that has a different terminology since you can order an UberX on your phone. Right. One of my super exes, yeah. um, I went to his uh, wedding and I just cried in the back of the wedding. And someone was like, are you OK? Is this like because of you miss him or something? I was like, no, I, I got everything I wanted. Like we're all friends and all the friends are together and we're all so happy for, for him. How so. long had, have you been out away from this? I was in a, a, a serious relationship three years on, three years off. Three years on, and that three years on was living together. And then I had like two years off of super slutty times when a lot of post-shame things happened. Sure. <laughs> and then um, a long-term relationship for four and a half years lived together for like three. And um, we actually had – when we broke up, it was a birthday of mine. And for the birthday invite, we had like a conscious uncoupling party. Like in the birthday invite, there was like an announcement that it's like we've chosen to live apart. Um, we'll both be there. 
but, you know, we're choosing, you know, uh-huh. to separate. And <laughs> our friend group was like – half of it was like this is the dumbest thing. Like yeah. no one issues press releases <laughs> yeah. about their relationship unless it's to People magazine. You guys are lame. And then the other half of people were like – Thank you so much for being so clear that we didn't have to choose sides, that yeah. this information didn't have to trickle out into a friend group. And, uh-huh. and you guys were just very clear. You really set up that it was chill. Yeah. And so I'm siding with those half of the friends who were like, this was rad. Uh-huh. The other half, yeah. they were just stressed out because, you know. It's all about just letting people know what the bound. I normally let people know you do have to choose, <laughs> and their lines will be drawn, and they will, and they will never be crossed. Yeah, and, and if they are, then goodbye. I have a question for Matt. Uh, you get an invite to a conscious uncoupling party. <laughs> Let's say eight till question mark. Uh-huh. What time do you show up? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, well, I want. I I think the right answer is probably ten p.m. Uh huh. However. I'm elderly. I don't uh-huh. like to be up past 10 p.m. Yeah. if I can avoid it. Uh-huh. I'm probably rolling in at 9 so okay. that I can get – because I'm, I'm also assuming this is going to be incredibly awkward. But uh-huh. I do want to experience it. I want to sure. be able to tell the story later. Yeah. I'm probably breezing in at 9 okay. with the plan to get out. But then maybe I'm having so much fun and I my judgments are being lifted. Yeah. And I'm staying. Okay. How this about you? Great- uh, 7.45. Oh, you're there. I'm there early. Early. Yeah. Until the question mark, yeah. basically. Yeah. Then. Because you want to see I it just Real Housewives be, style to see, I like, do. what goes down. Yeah. This was a very meta experience. I, had, I hadn't I had actually truly considered what it was like for my guests, and now I know that <laughs> uh-huh. they were. Did you – was there a ritual? No, but, you know, I, everyone was like, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So no, 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 like split, no breakup toasts were given. No, um, no, no vows. We didn't the ceremonial no. throwing of a. We plate. didn't go like full, no, full crazy. But people have had divorce parties. I have heard yeah, of that yeah, happening. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there, okay. there's like three movies in development called Divorce Party. Right? <laughs> I, I tried to like pitch one for one. It was like every. Uh, it was, it's always like. Kate Hudson and Keegan Michael Key, and they're having a divorce party, but they're probably going to stay together. Uh-huh. I didn't get that job. <laughs> oh. Is that a good story? We should probably. Cut I like that it. Up. I like it. Um, so, w- take us back to um, the wedding of the ex. Oh yeah. Which one was that? Oh, so the earlier three years on, three years off, three years on. His so name's he's Brian. A middle I, I've written about him in other contexts, so he, it's okay for him to be added. His name's Brian, and not, so it was the same a, guy. Three on three, off three on three. Yes. So oh. it was like college boyfriend. Uh-huh. Then took three years off. Then got back together. Gotcha. For that's three the years. same person. That's the same person. So we're like family. You know, that's like a nine-year stretch of like trying to figure out if you're in love or not. Uh-huh. Wow, I've never been. There's no one I've ever been in a long-term relationship with where after I think I could go back. I'm impressed. We took a we took a big leap, and all of our friends were like, "Please don't do this. Mm-hmm. We don't wow. think it's going to work out." But I mean, uh, how's this? He his husband now shares a birthday with me, so everyone teases Brian that they're like, "You're really into Pisces," uh-huh. like, and right. he's also a former oh, dancer. Uh, February 26th. All right, psychic Pisces. Wow. wow. Yeah, but it uh, it was so nice to be. At that wedding, and it was in northern Florida, and it was, it like, in the country, and we, like, basically rented out a whole town. It was great. It was so fun. It sounds fun. Yeah. Slash incredibly painful. Yeah. I also wore a, a pink com- a shorts complex. suit 
And oh. that was in retrospect. In 20 years, I'm going to look back on that outfit and be like, that was a bad decision. But yeah. right now, I in like that's going to destroy your, your <laughs> candidacy for sure. Forget the dick pics. Yeah. The pink short suit. Man. Yeah. No, I think it sounds amazing. It was it was rosé colored. I you mean, have it was very sort of right a now. rosé color scheme happening Yeah, you can't today. see right Just now, shades. but there's a lot of shades of pink happening right now. It All looks right. great. I love a good mask femme mix. Yeah. Um, like a hairy chest in a dress, like all those like Instagram accounts where it's like super beefy dude, like fragile masculinity is one, yeah. like, like in, like, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's so great when you can be like both ends of the spectrum all at the same time. Yeah. A drag queen like milk is like, that's just, that's just nice oh, content I to look at. Milk. What? It's uh, a shame. Like, unless he wants to be a guest on this show. Yeah. <laughs> So you went to Bard College. We were just talking. I did. About, I did. Which seems like such a like a place of freedom and, mm-hmm. and free expression. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, are there heterosexual people there at all? It's so funny. That is the perception of like a liberal arts school where it's like so artsy fartsy focused. It, there were not very many gay people. Really. Yeah, it's That's such shocking. a small community. Well, everyone's like a little queer and a little weird. Bard is a school of all of the weirdos from every high school uh-huh. <laughs> are going to Bard. So um, it's it's just, yeah. But there was an art project by an artist uh, where he did um, portraits of penises, like printed gigantic, like, like three by five or something. And the first picture was head-on uh, – of a flaccid penis. And then the other photo next to it was the side view, the profile view of that same penis erect. Uh-huh. Oh, these and are real photos. These photos. are real photos. Yeah. This was a senior project of someone there. And you walked into the room and it was a circular room. So you felt <laughs> the professor that taught that class was like, it's like the Mona Lisa. They're all following you around the room with their eyes like the whole time. And I'm Ooh. like, okay, this is a lot for <laughs> all these dicks. And they're really gigantic. And um, – it, in the artist notes, it says all of these subjects are straight men. And I looked around the room and I was like, um, I've had eight of these in my mouth. Uh-huh. So these wow. are like, these, oh God, these are like, these are somewhere on the spectrum, like, you know, bi curious queer guys. Yeah. And, um, but that's barred, you know, the description 12 straight dudes. And it's like, eh, straight asterisks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Bard straight. Bard straight. Were you so are guys who are um who sort of touch both ends of the spectrum in terms of like mask femme, is that would you say that's your type? My type is when it's like mashed up together. Like George Michael, I think, is what formed my sexuality yeah. of just uh-huh. like, why is he so pretty? But also like furry and yeah. like beefy, but everything's so tight. Like what is that about? Yeah. God, he was, he was one a man of, of contradictions. Grades. I mean, and and what was also sexy about him was that he was not hiding. Even when he was, like, in the closet, he never felt like he was hiding. Did you guys know he was gay? When I remember being little and being like, that guy's different. Uh Uh-huh. I sensed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was certainly not surprising when Mm -hmm. he came out. I don't remember when that was. But you don't remember, like, watching the videos and being like, there's a gay guy. Like, Ricky Martin, I remember being a 17-year-old and being like, hmm. That guy's gay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's something. There's something that is telegraphed to the person who is paying a certain kind of close attention. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I remember watching the Freedom video. All these, like, models. Seemed, I, I imagined them all being best friends and just being <laughs> – and I was like, that's what I would do. That if I was a rock star, this is the video I would make. Yeah. This is who my friends would be. percent Yeah. I remember seeing the video for Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go and just his, just his exuberance. 
you know? And there's a part where literally he's wearing pink day glow fingerless gloves and he does like a windshield wipers with his yeah. hands with just this look of ecstasy on his face. And I was like that, I mean, before I really understood even my own sexuality, it was like that, that's a gay person. I'm <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. great. And 100%. he was, yeah, there was no shame. He was post shame. Well, not really. No, he was no. like super in he had shame. some real and, shame. And, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm so grateful back. for all those like first generation folks that you know coming out really was this like super political move for them. Yeah. Um, I meet some young kids now, uh, eighteen, nineteen, who I'm like, "What's your coming out story like?" And they're like, "What do you mean? Yeah. Like I'm just whatever." Guys, don't be so weird about coming out. I'm like, okay, I'm 36, uh-huh. and we've all – like, that's yeah, what you yeah, talk yeah. about in Fire Island. You sit around the dinner table, and everyone tells their, like, coming out story, and, you know, someone's shedding some tears about, you know, getting kicked out of the house. And then someone else at the other end of the table is like, oh, my mom took me, you know, my tux shopping for my same-sex prom date. And you're like, okay, we've had, all had different experiences. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what's yours? I, you know, it was the night before the PSATs. We were at dinner and I um, just like suddenly was just so overcome with emotion and was like, guys, I'm gay. Like, come on. Like, there's something serious to talk about. And my mom said, wow, you really don't want to study, do you? Wow. Like, she fully clocked. She was like, this is full drama to distract from something else. Uh Like, get back to work. Was she also like because we we all know this? I mean, is that the? I don't I don't know. She says she was surprised. A mother's always supposed to know, right? She said she was surprised, and then my dad and I took a bike ride like three days later. I, this all sounds like very idyllic. I had a very compli- everyone had a complicated childhood, but yes, I went on a bike uh-huh. ride with my dad, and there was a dog on one side of the street barking at a dog on the other side of the street. And I don't know what came over me. I just said, "Why? How does that dog?" Like, why is he so upset about that other dog? Like, why doesn't he bark at people? Why doesn't he bark at, like, a trash can? Like, yeah. wh- how does he know? And my dad goes, I think it's nature. I think it's just nature and just, like, it knows and it yeah. just knows. Yeah. And I'm like, are we talking – oh, oh, we're talking about – oh, okay. We're talking about something different now. Yeah. <laughs> He's saying, like, whatever dog wants to bark at whatever, whatever dog. dog. Yeah, it's all okay. It's fine. It's, it's all, all fine. Okay. And it's all okay. However that dog needs to express itself. And I was like, oh, thanks, Dad. Wow. That's pretty painless. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It sounds like it. That's not. That's not my struggle. A, mo- a mom who 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 can sling a zinger. <laughs> yeah. A dad who's emotional and understanding, mm-hmm. but a little bit awkward, nice little but in, yeah. a, in an adorable way. I love it. In an adorable. I love way. it. What do you think is the long term, or will be the long term effect of a generation of people who don't have to come out, and don't have these stories to tell? You know, I. I don't know. Like it was. It was a lot of this stuff was painful for me and for all of us. But that made me the person that I am, and yeah. I don't know what I would be without it, you know? Yeah. I would be the dullest straight guy <laughs> on planet Earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just wonder. I, I mean, I used to be I, – I, I was pretty disenchanted about everybody under 30, basically, until uh, Parkland. Those mm-hmm. kids have, you know, I think changed a lot of people's minds about yeah. – and Todd Glass's – three-hour rants about how why we should pay attention to the youth. Uh-huh. I, I, I've come around uh-huh. uh, to thinking that they are adding some value, even yeah. if they get to go to prom and even if they get to go to freshman homecoming yeah. with their same-sex partners. Yeah. They're worth something. They're worth something. I think they still – it just won't be as political. It won't be so mobilizing. I don't mm-hmm. think you'll see gay-straight alliances as much as just like humanistic alliances of people yes. saying – 
you know, I'm different and you're different for a different kind of difference. Yeah. Yeah, it'll just change the landscape. But it will be pretty profound. Okay. Well, I'm excited for your run for office. Yeah. Whenever Thanks. it shall whenever be. Whenever it comes. But in the meantime, let's figure out new tools to encourage, you know, women, people of color, queer folks to yeah. uh, get right with what's in their past and then become better, more transparent leaders. Shed that shame. That's right. It's yes. a great service you're doing, seriously. Thank That's you. Thank cool. you. Thank you so is. much for having me on and for helping share the mission. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Search all social media platforms for hashtag post shame. That's right. Get into it. Well, there it was. Adam McLean, post-shame. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Dana. Uh, Matt McConkie had to run. Uh, Thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Thank you, everyone uh, at Earwolf. Thank you, preppy realtor Dave Joblinowski for uh, our tote bags. We are truly, truly grateful. Uh, And if anybody else wants to send our pets some gifts, send them to Earwolf. They will be gratefully received. We love you all. We'll see you next week. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, (laughs) Jazos! Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.